Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. We use Johnson's Air Conditioning, and they do a great job. Give them a call. Visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll get an update on what's happening in the legislative uh, session. Boo Mortensen will be joining us. We'll find out what's new with Boo right here on the Paradise Coast. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Les Government. And we'll visit with Linda Harden, my wife. Looking forward to that visit. It's always interesting to talk about what's happening here on the Paradise Coast and the borders beyond. It is April the 13th, and on this day in 1861, after a 33-hour bombardment by Confederate cannons, Union forces surrendered Fort Sumter in South Carolina's Charleston Harbor. The first engagement of the war ended in a rebel victory. The surrender concluded a standoff that began with South Carolina's secession from the Union on December the 20th, 1860, when President Abraham Lincoln sent word to Charleston in early April that he planned to send food to the beleaguered garrison. The Confederates took action. They opened fire on Sumter in the pre-dawn of uh, April the 12th. Over the next day, nearly 4,000 rounds were hurled towards the black silhouette of Fort Sumter. Inside Sumter was a commander, Major Robert Anderson, nine officers, 68 enlisted men, eight musicians, for some reason, and 43 construction workers who are still putting on the finishing touches of the fort. Union Captain Abner Doubleday, the man who often inaccurately is credited with inventing the game of baseball, returned fire after nearly two hours after the barrage began. By the morning of April the 13th, the garrison of Sumter was in dire straits. The soldiers sustained only minor injuries, but they could not hold out much longer. The fort was badly damaged, and the Confederate shots were becoming more precise. Around noon, the flagstaff was shot away. Louis Wigfall, a former U.S. senator from Texas, rode out without permission to see if the garrison was trying to surrender. Anderson decided that further resistance was futile, and he ran a white flag up a makeshift flagpole. The first engagement of the war was over, and the only casualty had been a Confederate horse. The Union force was allowed to leave from the north. Before leaving, the soldiers fired a 100-shot gun salute. During the salute, one of the soldiers was killed and another mortally wounded (laughs) by a prematurely exploding cartridge. I I guess it's not funny, but it is because it was such almost a non-event. And actually, the the only death was a result of self-injury. Anyhow, the Civil War had officially begun on this day, 1961. Uh, April the 13th. Well, with uh, a little bit more action in Minnesota, Minnesota Governor Tim Walsh on Monday warned protesters to refrain from violence and looting after a police officer fatally shot a black man during a uh, traffic stop in Minneapolis suburb. The officer apparently intended to fire a taser, not a handgun, as the man struggled with police and the city's police chief said on Monday. For those that choose, chose to go out, to exploit these tragedies for destruction of personal gain, you can rest assured the largest police presence in Minnesota history will be prepared, this the governor said in the afternoon press conference. 
you will be arrested and you will be charged and there will be consequences. It's not debatable. You're not making the case. You're hurting the case. You're undermining the grief and you'll hear it from families time and again. Don't you dare step into the space when we're trying to enact change, he added. The shooting sparked violent protests in a metropolitan area already on the edge because of the fly trial of uh, uh, four police officers charged in the George Floyd's death. She said, by the way, the woman was a, it was a woman police officer. I'll tase you, I'll tase you, taser, taser, taser. The officer is heard shouting on her body cam footage released to the news conference. She draws her weapon after the man breaks free from police outside his car and gets back behind the wheel. After firing a single shot from her handgun, the car sped away and the officer is heard saying, holy crap, expletive, whatever it was, I shot him. President Biden urged calm on Monday Following the night where the officer in, in uh, riot gear clashed with demonstrators, the police protesters said he watched the body camera footage. We do know the anger, pain, and trauma amidst the uh, black community is real, Biden said in the Oval Office. But he added, this does not justify violence or looting, he said. Walsh imposed a curfew in Hennepin, Ramsey, and Anoka counties. Brooklyn Center Police Chief Tim Gannon said that at the news conference, that the officer made a mistake and he was released the body camera footage less than 24 hours after the shooting. That's a very sad thing. She made a mistake. In the heat of battle, she made a mistake. And it's going to have severe consequences for the community. On Monday, following the shooting, far-left Dem- uh, Democrat Rashid Tlaib called for complete anarchy and demanded no more police or prisons. I'm not kidding. She really said that. She's a an elected official, and swore uh, allegiance to the Constitution and the rule of law. Rashid Tlaib. Sad. Predictably, the rioters in Portland, Oregon, took to the streets in an attempt to match their counterparts in Brooklyn Center. They set dumpsters on fire, threw rocks through windows of the police precinct, threw fireworks at police, enchanted every city, every town, burned the precincts to the ground. Police eventually declared it an unlawful assembly and then a riot. That comes just two days after the peaceful protesters, so-called, so trapped people in the ICE building and set it on fire. That's happening in uh, Portland. And a BLM thug shut down Manhattan B- Bridge in New York uh, Monday night. So here we go again. And, of course, as uh, protests broke out across the country in the name of Black Lives Matter, the group's co-founder went on a real estate buying binge snagging four high-end homes for $3.2 million in U.S. alone, according to property records. Patrice Khan Colors, 37 years of age, also eyed property in the Bahamas at an ultra-exclusive resort where Justin Timberlake and Tyra Woods both have homes, the Post has learned. Luxury apartments and townhouses at the beachfront Albany Resort outside Nassau are priced between 5 and $20 million, according to local. The self-described Marxist last month purchased a 1.4 million home on a secluded road uh, on a short drive from Malibu in Los Angeles in Tabanga Canyon, as I understand it. According to a report, the 2,370-square-foot property features soaring ceilings, skylights, and plenty of windows with canyon views. Uh, The Tabanga Canyon homestead, which includes two houses on a quarter acre, is just one of the three homes she purchased in Los Angeles area. Some fellows activists were taken back by this real estate transaction. Hawk Newsom, the head of Black Lives Matter Greater New York City, called for an independent investigation 
to find out how the global network spends its money. I think that's a good idea. Can you uh, spell embezzlement? I mean, she obviously doesn't make uh, enough money to buy these homes as the president or co-founder of the agency, so I'm sure some of the money has been directed to her own benefit. I think she'll pay for that. Nevertheless, you can see the hypocrisy of this quote-unquote Marxist, just like Bernie Sanders writing a book and saying, oh, well, you know, I'm still a communist. I'll take the money. Well, the House Committee this week will take unprecedented vote to create a commission to study providing federal reparations to descendants of black slaves. House Democrats said they had the political momentum to advance H.R. 40, an act to create a commission to study and develop reparation proposals for black people. The historic uh, markup of H.R. 40 is intended to continue the national conversation about how to confront the brutal mistreatment of African Americans during shadow slavery, Jim Crow segregation, and the enduring structural racism that remains endemic to our society today. That, according to Jerry Nadler, the great Jerry Nadler, Judicial Committee Chairman and New York Democrat. Uh, Jason Riley, who's the uh, editor of the uh, Wall Street Journal, and uh, he wrote a book called Please Stop Helping Us. And basically what he says there, look, you're not helping us with, with all this stuff. Just give us freedom and opportunity. That's all we want. And, uh, of course, the playbook for the Democrats is to keep blacks on the plantation, keep them needing welfare, and uh, they become political pawns for the Democrat uh, strategy. And uh, Arizona State's Maricopa County, the 2020 election audit is scheduled to kick off on April the 22nd. A video reporting Lyle's news was created stating that the Maricopa County audit will kick off on April the 22nd. The audit will cover 2.1 million ballots in the county, which is about 60% of the ballots in the state. The audit will be formed in front of cameras. All participants are now being reviewed for background checks. This is great news for all who want to know whether the results of the 2020 election are valid. And even the governor of New Hampshire announced on Thursday that he intends to sign a bill allowing an audit of the voting machines used in the town of Forwindham in 2020 election. Well, the wheels of justice grind slowly, but they grind fine. And as this, this whole process wheels its way, uh, worms its way actually through the process, um, ultimately I think we'll find out what the results were in terms of cheating in this election, both with machines and with ballot counts. And uh, I, quite frankly, I hope I think there will probably be enough evidence for the president to say and take this to court, federal court, and say, you know what? I was cheated. I won the election. I'm the president of the United States. We'll see. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a refreshing social networking platform. Download the app at choicesocial.us and find out more. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. I know that uh, the governor proposed a bill to uh, uh, keep protesters in line, like Black Lives Matter and so forth, and it seems much more relevant today than it did perhaps last week after what happened yesterday. Uh, any update? Well, the, yeah, well, so the, the, this is the infamous, I guess, or uh, HB1 <clears throat> passed in the House. Uh, when it originally was filed, there were... It, there were some buzzwords in it that we felt should be uh, taken out, you know, like just defacing monuments and things like that. Uh-huh. My my position and those of my colleagues was, here's the deal. Everyone can peacefully assemble, peacefully protest, peacefully gather. There is no, I mean, obviously we all support that under the First Amendment. Right. The <clears throat> Where it changes is if a group of people get together for the purpose of, this is the purpose of, <clears throat> threats or intimidation or whatever. So if a, a peaceful protest devolves into threats, intimidation, harming other people, you know, that's currently against the law. We just enhance the penalties with regard to you know, the riot part, the, the, the group. But if they, if they go beyond the law into damaging uh, property, any kind of property, like the Capitol, for example, 
then there is that that becomes an enhanced penalty felony. And um, there's a lot of we had a nine hour hearing on that on last Friday wow. uh, with people that were mischaracterizing the bill as a bill against the organization Black Lives Matter. It isn't at all, because if you're going to have a Black Lives Matters protest, or for that matter, a Proud Boys protest, as long as it's peaceful and doesn't, it, it isn't uh, creating um, chaos where people are injured or hurt or threatened uh, to be hurt or property is damaged, then there's, you know, that, that, that's when it becomes uh, the enhanced penalty. And, um, hmm. you know, the problem is it's become such a, a divisive issue, and um, it's, it's really a simple concept, but like a lot of things, people um, just go way overboard. And, again, we had 75 people speaking against uh, the bill, and they were going on and on about how we're, you know, trampling on First Amendment rights, and, you know, that's not the case. You, mean, yeah. you don't have a First Amendment right to threaten or intimidate or hurt people or or to damage property. Yeah, so just taking a step back, I mean, what we see, the Black Lives Matter, uh, I guess, mod, uh, modus operandi is pretty much to uh, get with peaceful, peaceful organizers and then all of a sudden begin all kinds of chaos and hitting and attacking and so forth. So in other words, they use, they use peaceful protesters as cover for their... Uh, for their designs, for their for their violence, and uh, so I think what the governor was attempting to do, at least my interpretation, is he's simply basically saying, "Don't even think about doing that here." <laughs> you know? Right. Well, here's so <clears throat> here's what the discussion was about, and it makes sense. So, if a group of people, and, and since you're using Black Lives Matter, but you could use anything. It could be, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Italians are us. You know. Yeah getting together to protest, make a statement. The governor is fine with that, obviously. We're right. all fine with it. The right. problem is those that may be in the background or on the side or, or uh, you know, it turns into uh, a violence. That's where we have to clamp down. And, it, you know, we have no choice because people are hurt. And, there's a, you know, there were a lot of people saying, oh, innocent people are going to get roped in. My my feeling is if you if you're going to a protest, you know, uh, a peaceful protest, then there's not you're not going to be roped into something or caught in something if it's peaceful. But if it gets violent, any normal person is going to leave the scene. You're not going to stay there right. in in a violent situation because you could get hurt. So I don't buy the argument that. You know, someone could be innocently roped in because the minute it starts escalating, uh, a reasonable person is going to get out of there. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm so, but we'll, you know, we'll see see what happens. I mean, the bill uh, is going to be heard on the floor, um, and and in the Senate, it's already passed the House, and we'll be on to the governor. Okay, well, we'll see how this all plays out. But uh, it's just, and you know, it just strikes me. You know, this is an opinion, and. Uh, but those 75 people speaking out because they're trying to protect uh, freedom of speech are the ones that are probably trying to shut down freedom of speech <laughs> in other Well, activities. you know, it's a lot of it, too. Don't forget, we're in Tallahassee, yeah. and we have uh, several universities, and I would say the majority of the speakers were kids, college kids, huh. who were 
uh, you know, we get college kids all the time coming to committees to, meetings to speak, particularly on some of the um, contentious bills. Uh-huh. Um, when we did the Bright Futures bill, I mean, they, they, there were God, there were a couple hundred of them who came because they totally misunderstood the bill. And, um, you, you know, and I keep trying to tell people, and this is such an important thing to bear in mind, <clears throat> when a bill gets filed, it's filed by a sponsor who has an idea. And there may, there may be, and, and, and most of the times on the contentious bill, there are flaws in that idea. So these bills go through three or four committees, and they change uh, oftentimes dramatically. Mm-hmm. So by the time the bill gets to be heard on the floor of the Senate or the floor of the House, it could be totally different, as is in the case of the Bright Futures bill. And and for that matter, even the protest bill changed dramatically. But everybody comes in and um, starts you know haranguing us based upon the original bill. And, and it's so hard to say, well, wait a minute, that's not in the bill anymore. Right, well, that's been right. changed. Because yeah. they, they have, they have a, a set narrative they want to give. Even my colleagues, some of the Democrats that hate, hate some of these bills, they give the same speech at, at every committee, but it's based upon the first committee. I'm like, you're not talking about the bill. I want to remind our listeners that you are the chair of the Rules Committee, so every piece of legislation... Uh, that gets to the floor goes through you in terms of uh, uh, your approving and assigning where, which committees it goes to. I also right. remind our listeners that in 2022, I believe it is, uh, if in fact we retain the Senate, and I'm talking we, I'm talking about the Republicans uh, in uh, in Tallahassee in Florida, that you will be the president of the Senate, which is really cool. Y- yes, uh, God willing, <laughs> and. Uh, it 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 it, it uh, it's a daunting prospect, but I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> Absolutely, but uh, it, right now I think it we're about two thirds Republican, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and I think there's a pretty strong movement to retain the Senate. So I'm thinking the prospects are looking pretty good. Well, I'm going to work really hard to make sure my my Republican colleagues are reelected and maybe. Uh, even pick up a seat. <laughs> we'll okay. see. I mean, we have a redistricting coming uh, this fall. I mean, this uh, next spring, and the maps are going to change, so it'll, that'll be interesting as well. Oh, that's an interesting point, Kathleen Pasadena. I, I genuinely appreciate this timely conversation. I really appreciate you taking time to come on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. It's time to find out what's new with Boo. That's always a lighter side of the show. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. 
Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshire Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And I hope you check out this year's season. Visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, how you doing? Well, I am doing well, and I have to say that last weekend, I love the Masters. Isn't it great? I love everything about it. I love watching it. I love the rhythm, the tradition, Jim Nance, the green, everything about it. So last weekend, I was just a happy buckaroo. Yep. And did you watch it? Oh, absolutely. You know, Linda said, well, let's not watch it on Thursday because that's just too much. And I said, no, I'd kind of like to do that. So we watched Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, it was just, just a fantastic tournament. The competition was great. I mean, I agree with you. It's just an amazing, amazing event. And, you know, it's not even a sanctioned PGA event. I mean, it doesn't count towards anything except for, of course, the prize money that, that those guys win. And it, the whole thing is just so fantastic. Oh, it is. So two things. I don't know if you knew this. During World War II, they did not have the manpower because all the men went to war. So the man, or Augusta turned loose 200 cows uh, to eat the grass, trim no. up the grass. Did you know that? I had no idea, but it's pretty, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, so <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, I thought that was pretty clever. Absolutely. And the other thing I noticed is their bunkers are so white. Yeah. And I thought, where do you get sand that is that white? Mm-hmm. Turns out it's not sand at all. Right. It is a waste product of aluminum, and so it's pure quartz. Yep, that, you know, I actually read that. That is so interesting, too. One of the things that was so impressed me is, uh, you know, all the prices for food. Did you see that? Uh, like uh, a hot dog is 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's so inexpensive. They have so many quirky kind of traditions at uh, the Masters. And, you know, it was so interesting that uh, there are a lot of pressure put on the Masters to uh, to not play in Georgia and that kind of thing. Well, you know, they're not going to listen to that nonsense. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> it's so true. So, yeah, I love the Masters. It is. So it was, yeah, I just loved it. And I thought it was kind of neat that that Japanese guy won. Yeah. Um, boy, I'll tell you what a machine he was. He didn't screw up much. And it was exciting to see the three-way competition for second place. I mean, it was just wonderful. Yeah, about this Will Zalatoris, I believe that's his last name. I may, may have mispronounced it, but uh, that young man had nerves of steel. He had ice water running through his veins, and he just competed so well for being in his third, uh, I guess that was his third uh, tournament, to third, what am I thinking of, majors is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And wow, what a performance yeah, he very made. composed. Yeah, indeed. Well, you know what? Because of COVID, more and more people are going to golf. Last year, as an example, in 2019, Hmm. the new beginners was about 570,000. Because of COVID, it bumped up to 3 million new players out on the courses. Now, you know, you attribute that to uh, COVID, but uh, could it be the first tee and some other programs like that? Or maybe it's just because... You know, kids are—they're looking for ways for people to get started in uh, to do something. And golf is so outdoor and so compatible with the health uh, requirements for COVID. Well, <clears throat> exactly. It's outside. It's yeah. something you can do. You yeah. don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. It's one of the few things that you could continue to do all last year and even much of this year. So people are going by droves to the golf course. Uh, there's also a 30% increase among Asian, Hispanic, and African-American people coming. So a lot of minorities are also going to go play golf. That is so cool. Now, is, are these statistics for United States or globally, or, or do you know? No, United States. Okay. Well, that is so interesting. Uh, yeah, you can, see, you can see why, too. I mean, it's a, it's a great outdoor sport. It's a great sport, quite frankly. And uh, uh, it's the only sport where you kind of self-police you have to be honest. It teaches so much character and strength for young people. I think it's just the perfect sport for a young person to get into and learn because the outcome not only is in terms of building skills in golf, but also building character and, and how you compose yourself. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. It's, it's, and, you know, that you, and it's a great thing to do as a family. I mean, you get to spend four uninterrupted hours on a golf course with one of your kids. Mm-hmm. How great is that? Well, it's pretty great, actually, or grandkids or whatever it might be. Absolutely. Uh, it's, I love, yeah. go- I love I golf. I think that's super. The uh, average, what do you think the average fee for weekend play is on an 18 public golf course? Average. 160 bucks. I thought it was higher it, as well. Uh, it's 50. No kidding. I don't. Yeah. Th- I don't think we have a golf course around here that's fifty dollars. <laughs> well, maybe no, we do. We, so. we have a couple of public ones. I've I've seen advertisements for afternoon play, but for, that's the average across the United States is fifty dollars. Exactly. Well, do you know how many golf courses there are in the United States? No idea. Sixteen thousand. Sixteen. That's forty-two percent of the global total. Wow. 
There, there's a look dirt. at all the stuff you've learned about golf. Yeah, you know. no, this is pretty exciting information, Boo. Quite frankly, and uh, I mean, we're considering. There's this uh, golf course that uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, here in Collier County, we actually bought the uh, best Western golf course out there in East Naples. And my understanding, if I recall correctly, is that they're actually going to restore that and uh, keep it a public course as uh, owned by Collier County, which is kind of interesting. Which That's a, an interesting development. So that may lead to more play here for younger people. <coughs> you bet we do. You know, I think somebody playing golf, it takes up a fair amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then they're, if, they're, if they're spending time playing golf, they've got less time to get into mischief. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Boo Mortson, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. It's kind of like opening a box of chocolates. You just never know. <laughs> it can be scary. <laughs> Boo, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Seton Motley. Uh, Seton is the founder and uh, president of a terrific organization, Less Government. We'll be talking about... Uh, Ike uh, Biden Incorporated cronyism. He nominates a Senator Manchin's wife for a government gig. Why did he do that? We'll find out. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. to the Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulubee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, 
limited government and the rule of law, so important in today's society and culture. Coming up, we're going to visit with my wife, Linda. She always has a lot to say. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good. Seton, tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist in a society, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and Biden doesn't. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's a, you've got a wide-open market right now, better, bigger than ever to uh, reduce the size of government. So, Biden Incorporated, cronyism, Biden nominates Senator Manchin's wife for a government gig. This is a column that you wrote. It's in red state right now. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's amazing how brazen it is now. Um, going back to 08, I was on Fox News and Fox and Friends, and Ducey asked me, what happens if Obama wins? And I said, well, Fox News is going to have to open five branch channels. Mm-hmm. because of all the news that isn't going to be covered. Mm-hmm. And one of my concerns about bad, you know, stuff like this not being covered is, well, then the next time they'll just do it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just saw an example of that. The COVID bill, 9% went to COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, the media didn't report the fact that they called it a COVID bill and only 9% went to COVID. So then the infrastructure bill, only 6% goes to infrastructure. Yeah. It got worse. Yeah. And, you know, it's gotten to the point now where you have the Senate goes 50-50 in January on on the two Senate elections in Georgia. And you have this, you know, this raft of articles and and talking heads pieces about how Joe Manchin, West Virginia Democrat senator, is now the most important man in Washington. Right. He's He's the decider. He's the key swing vote in, in, in all things D.C. And then Biden comes out and offers his wife a job. <laughs> like, it's, it's like uh, that, come on! How, no, how much more obvious and brazen can you possibly be than this? No, it's not it's just, it's not, a, it's not a job. It's she's, she's serving on a commission of some sort, so they probably meet three times a year. And she's making like $150,000, $160,000 a year doing this, for crying out loud. I mean, it is, well, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a board of directors job. Yeah. so It's like a job Hunter Biden got, to be perfectly honest. Exactly. So, I mean, it is just plain, outright cronyism. I mean, she, you know, he's just simply trying to buy influence. He's trying to preempt, you know, because, look, he's, he's not helpful. I mean, he, you know, during the whole COVID thing, he said, you know, oh, I, I want bipartisanship and I want a bipartisan bill and and all this stuff. And then at the end of the day, he voted for Schumer's reconciliation Democrat-only bill. Yeah. Um, so I'm not confident in him at all. I think if he weren't in West Virginia, he'd be voting like Schumer. I think he'd like to vote like Schumer, but he can't. Of course, and Schumer's the majority leader. He's a Democrat senator from New York. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's so completely brazen and obvious. And, you know, you, Americans have been polled on, on, you know, do they like this reconciliation process or do you want, um, do you want bipartisanship? You want both parties participating. I mean, you think a 50-50 split would lead everybody in D.C. to go, okay, we have to work together. And heck, I mean, uh, you 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 would think that, you know the the so the the response to the filibuster isn't shouldn't be we need to jam things through with Democrat only votes. 
the response of the filibuster should be, okay, we have to work with the other party to reach some sort of accommodation mm-hmm. where both sides get something. Right. Uh, unfortunately, that's not where we are now. And, and, of course, the next step is removing the filibuster entirely because this is not about uh, bipartisan legislation. This isn't an ideological debate between two honest brokers on each side. This is a political war, and, and Democrats are playing to win. And I, I'm afraid there are too many Republicans are playing tiddlywink. Yeah, well, but to, you know, to Joe Manchin's credit, he is saying, "Look, I, there's no way that I'm going to change the current rules of the, of the Senate. No way that I'm going to vote for that." And if he doesn't, along with Kirsten Cinema, by the way, from Arizona, I think but, it but is. like I said, Biden said this. I mean, Manchin said this before, and what happened? I don't remember what did he, he voted. He voted the wrong. You know, he said he he was gonna. He, he wouldn't. He said on Fox News on uh, to Brett Baer, "I'm not voting for a reconciliation COVID bill." Mm. And then what did he do? Uh, I didn't. I was not aware of that. That's interesting. Oh yeah, it's, it's, in, it's in my article actually. Yeah. Um, the link to him saying specifically on on uh, I saw him say it live to, to Brett Baer on Brett Baer's show. Mm. He said, "I will not vote for a reconciliation COVID bill." And then what does he do? He votes for a reconciliation COVID bill. And so now he's talking about, uh, I, won't, you know, I want bipartisanship on infrastructure, and I don't want to kill the filibuster. And because we know he's malleable based upon the um, COVID bill, uh, hey, Biden says, hey, let's kick, let's kick his wife a board of directors gig. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's just so brazen, as, as, you, as you're pointing out. Well, you know, quite frankly, Biden is acting as though uh, Manchin's not going to swing or is not going to uh, come into the fold because he's starting to have meet meet with these uh, bipartisan groups of senators of, about uh, where to go with this bill. So maybe I think these are all. I was one of the. I was in five movies once upon a time, and my my favorite director called uh, Human Extras Bioprops. Yeah, <laughs> and I think what we're seeing is a bunch of bioprops. Oh, uh, okay. So that Biden and the media can say, "I tried bipartisanship. I met with these people, but now let's jam it through with reconciliation." It doesn't sound very hopeful, uh, Seaton. Well, well, what have we seen to be hopeful about? Yeah, uh, I know. It's uh, this is not I good. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, he's been a he set the rec- He set the land speed record for. Uh, most executive orders coming out of the gate. He jammed through reconciliation. He's he's doing unilateral stuff at the executive branch on guns and environment and green energy and and you know where's 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 the evidence from Biden that he's at all interest, actually interested in anything bipartisan or even interested in the opinion of the American people. I mean, his popularity is going down precipitously. He, hey, he seems no, they to, don't care. No, he. he I don't. They think, didn't care about that with Obamacare. Remember? Yeah, I do. It's just unbelievable. They they just jammed. I mean, they lost a thousand seats up and down the ballot, but we're still stuck with Obamacare, aren't we? Yes, we are. But thank you, Senator but, John McCain. They paid the price, and look 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 how long look how long the half life was on paying that price. Me. They lost a thousand seats up and down the ballot, and then. Twelve years later, they run D.C. all by themselves again. Just unbelievable. That's, 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 that's a shame on the American people. 
Um, now, now, part of this was stolen. Biden stole the White House. There's right. no question right. about that. But the, the American people voting, and I think they stole the two Georgia seats, too, because they just stole in Georgia for Biden. They had the blueprint to steal the two Senate seats. But the fact that it's this close in the House and Senate, uh, you know, 12 years after they, they started dumping 1,000 Democrats yeah. because of Obamacare and, and the stimulus bill, and now we get a $2 trillion stimulus bill 12 years later because we've forgotten how awful the Democrats were last time they ran everything. That, that's, that, that speaks poorly of, the, of, the, of we the people. It does. Well, I'll make this comment. I'm really pleased that Maricopa County is going to begin its audit, by, and under camera, by the way, uh, on the 22nd of April. And as I understand it, there's a, uh, New Hampshire is going to audit uh, a couple of its counties. Uh, for what's happened with the votes and the machines and so forth. Uh, you know, this is all going very slowly, but uh, I think it will uncover gr- gross... Well, we, we need to do Pennsylvania. We need to do yep. Michigan. We need to do Wisconsin. Yep. We need to do uh, Georgia. Um, there's a lot of states where this has to happen. And look at how completely ridiculous the Democrats are on any time we try to clean this up, the Georgia bill is completely reasonable. There's yeah. nothing unreasonable about the Georgia bill, and we're acting. You know, Jim Crow revisited worse than Jim Crow, and you know he's, they've got more early voting days, which should be abolished, by the way. Yeah. They have more early voting days in New York and New Jersey, but somehow it's Jim Crow and. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, it is just completely out of control. Uh, you know, the the media. Uh, it, it's it's hard to overstate how the media's perpetual free pass to the Democrats screws everything up. It does indeed. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to uh, visit lessgovernment.org. You'll find his column there. Also, you'll find his column on uh, Red State and. Uh, you can visit uh, less uh, less government on Facebook as well. Seaton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. Now, Linda writes a column, uh, uh, "Greetings from Paradise." As she's reduced her activity in that regard, primarily because of COVID and what's happened here in the community. Uh, but she has some really interesting thoughts and opinions about what's happening here in the United States. So we're going to do that in more. Right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, 
and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on the board. Really proud of the fact that create policies and programs, for example, to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. You can find out more at the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden, my wife. Good morning. I'm very proud of you. I'm happy that uh, Linda uh, writes, or did write, Greetings from Paradise. Uh, she's cut back her activity in that area. Well, because the company just won't let me get on. to. I tried it this weekend. Um. And I, I tried to get on for Greetings from Paradise. And I tried every which way, and they won't let me do it. So huh. I'm, a, I'm so annoyed. Uh, well, I can certainly understand that. So, uh, what would you have sent out if you'd done a Greetings from Paradise? What would have been the message? Well, the message, I was just going to send out a test. Uh, oh, I see. A test. And, and just to say about um, that Ted Nugent was going to be on at a Seat to Table last night. By the way, I, I think I showed you on Facebook that um, Alfie Oaks posted, I don't know if it was Alfie Oaks who posted it, but somebody who posted it on on Facebook showed that seed to table last night after eight o'clock was packed. You couldn't even see the food that was around yeah, there. I tell you what, that place is the happiest place in Collier County. So, te- so Ted Nugent is up on the second floor, right? Uh-huh. And he is rocking out. For those of you who don't know who Ted Nugent is, he's a rock star from way back. But he's very conservative and a good guy and a, and a big uh, Trump fan and and whatever. So, so he's out rocking out, and the the place is. It's just jamming. It yeah. was so cool to see. Yeah, uh, Alfie Oaks is, a, is an elected official. He, he won the, uh, is it a committeeman, or I forgot exactly what his I, role is. Yeah, I think it is. So uh, in any event, uh, but uh, of course he has gained fame because of, he says, I, I'll, I'll wear handcuffs before I wear a mask. God bless him. And so uh, there's no mask requirement, and he says because of HIPAA requirements. What do you say? I think it's because of HIPAA requirements. He's not, uh, if people can wear a mask if they want to. Yeah, I mean, I don't even get me started on that. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I just watched Ainsley Earhart on Fox and Friends this morning saying that she's, she goes to a um, hot yoga place to, mm-hmm. to work out, and they're required to wear masks, mm-hmm. and she can't hardly breathe. That's a quote. She can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Yet, oh, but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to stay healthy. How stupid is that? You can't breathe. You're you're suffocating yourself. But oh, I'm trying to stay healthy and be an example to others. I'm telling you that just the, the idiocy of that just is overwhelming. Well, you know, I think uh, again, I I'm kind of an Alfie Oaks uh, corner when it comes to all this COVID business. I mean, they way. Did you read that they are actually giving nine thousand dollars for funerals? 
for people that have COVID-19 on their death certificate. So, in other words, more incentive for hospitals and uh, uh, healthcare people to, to put the reason for death, COVID-19. They you know, just continue to try and feed and, and uh, the, fan the flames of fear here in the country. And, uh, you know, it's kind of dissipating across the country, but they're still working at it. No, it's not dissipating. In fact, this uh, the new CDC person says, "Oh, we're going to have to have lockdowns again because because uh, coronavirus uh, uh, rates are spiking." And oh, guess where they're spiking in the states where they're totally locked down. Right. So uh, it it's just crazy. And and I got into a little spat with somebody on on Facebook last night because he says, "Oh, well, look at there's a half a million people and that have died in in the United States from from the coronavirus as as." Trump puts it, the China virus, China. And, and, and they don't even bother to do their own homework. They look at the TV, CNN or MSNBC, CNN or MSNBC says there's a half a million people, even Fox News says it, and, and they don't even bother to do their own research that, that the medical community, the hospitals, whatever, are, are counting every single person who, who dies or comes in to a hospital as a COVID patient. Yeah. So uh, I think I read someplace a, a while ago that six percent of the That's deaths, six percent of the deaths are uh, actually caused by COVID nineteen. The rest are with COVID nineteen, meaning it might be a heart attack, motorcycle accident, whatever it might be. It's still COVID nineteen. Well, you know, I mean, we know this from from that they they play fast and loose with the with the truth. Even when my mother died, remember that? Yeah. I mean, my mother was was absolutely rock solid uh, brain clear when when she died of a stroke when she was 93 and yet what did they put on her on her uh, death certificate she died of alzheimer's yeah. that's when alzheimer's was all the craze and they were trying to you know yeah you so you just uh, and that same thing happened with your dad by the way when exactly. he passed as well he exactly. had alzheimer's and the 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 question i have in my mind and we never found out the answer was what is the motivation of the coroner to put uh, Alzheimer's on, on the death certificate. There had to be a financial motivation. Exactly, and and so we didn't. There's a lot of things that we didn't investigate when we were back in in the left state of Oregon. Oh, by the way, yep. it, not not the least of which why when they took out my father's appendix and they saw the aneurysm, why they just said, no, no, we're not going to do anything with that. And then and then six months later it burst. So yeah. don't even get me started. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, we kind of jumped into the weeds on that one. But the point is that uh, there is a lot of misinformation about this COVID stuff. And uh, you can see in the paper, they're still trying to fan the uh, flames of fear here in Collier County. The cases are reduced to the point where they stop reporting them, actually. And uh, in spite of that, they're saying, well, you know, we're expecting another spike, and uh, there's this uh, mutation coming, and, uh, you know, to wear your masks, all that stuff. Well, I, I, was, I was out walking on Friday, and um, it's a beautiful day. The weather's gorgeous here on Pelican Bay Boulevard, what do I see? This man on a bike in the fresh air, mm-hmm. wearing not one, but two masks. Yeah. And then I go to my hair salon, and, and the gal sitting next to me is wearing two masks mm-hmm. and, and, um, and plastic gloves. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, we have a close friend who probably should wear a mask and not even go outside because his uh, immune system is so compromised because of recent health issues. Others of us who have, uh, talking about Dave, uh, our friend in Tennessee, 
Oh yeah. So uh, well, he doesn't cause side. Yeah, he's he's so and uh, but many of us don't have compromised immune systems, and we can count on you know staying if we're healthy, and we have a proper frame of mind. We pray and so forth. Uh, we're going to be okay, even if we got, get COVID. By the way, it's a, it's there's the chances of dying from it are remote. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Is that the people that we've we've um, that's been reported even in our building mm-hmm. that tested positive for the coronavirus the people that are getting it guess what mm-hmm. they're wearing masks all the time yeah now what does that tell you that tells me that their immune system is comprom- compromised so when they take it off whenever they take it off something's going to zap them the same thing that happened to a um a local uh, manager of a of a restaurant um i won't say the name but she has um uh, uh lung issues um mm-hmm pre-existing condition yet for her job she's worried she's forced to wear a mask eight hours a day and guess what she got a really bad case of the coronavirus and her her immediate boss when i said well did she did she have to wear a mask she says i'm convinced that's what happened yeah and it's just a shame and then of course now people are pushing to get the the vaccine and uh, you know quite frankly i'm not pushing for it uh, personally but i'm not giving medical advice to others but when I take a look at what the uh, death rate is from coronavirus and then what the possible complications might be from the vaccine, I'm saying just math. You do the math on it, it doesn't make any sense to take the vaccine. Well, you know what? It, it, it just, it's just blatant naivety. I mean, people just say, oh, because the TV or the doctor says, get it. Remember T- Teresa Sievers when she was alive? She wrote this article in, in uh, a local magazine about the flu vaccine. And she says, you should not get the flu vaccine, but do what you want. But at least do your own research and find out what's going uh, into right. your arm. See, that's the point. The point is that there's a lot of misinformation out there. And, of course, information about uh, the vaccine and the coronavirus has been suppressed from the other side. So uh, if you really research it, though, you can find some really interesting and credible information. So it's not an easy decision on either side. I've, we've made our decisions, quite frankly, but uh, well, I'm not saying, suggesting that's the proper decision. It's, it's an individual decision. Everybody, everybody owns their own body. They should make their own decision about what's going to go in it. But you're right, but, they, but people just need to look it up. Yeah. Look up what's going, being shot into your arm. Yeah. And, and what, what um, side effects it might cause. Then make a decision based on not what CNN or MSNBC is telling you, or what medical, or the, what the... Or, what the, or Fauci. Or, or flip-flop Fauci, <laughs> yeah. who can't make up his own mind to save himself. Yeah. Um, but do your own research. And that's the argument I got in with a guy on, on Facebook last night. Yeah. He's touting all this stuff. Well, it's all, it's, you know, masks are our only, our only hope. And I'm just going... Look it up. <laughs> it's so true. Linda, I just genuinely appreciate your well-informed commentary here in the show. You know a lot, and I'm just appreciative of your spending time with our listeners. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, honey. All right, you too. All right, well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll be talking about gun control, big issue in the news now. Andy Joppa. Andrew Joppa is a professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Andy will be joining us as well as Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston and uh, author of several books. Uh, He'll be joining us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.
so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.